Hi guys, it's Fran and Hannah. We are your hosts for Getting Down to Digital. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Today's episode, season two, episode 14, is all about the elements to include on your homepage. We're so excited to have you guys. Thanks for joining. Hannah, how are you doing today? I am great. I almost said I'd be good. <laughs> That's not proper English. <laughs> We have our own English here on the podcast. But I am grand. I am pretty busy. Oh, Fran was just with me. IRL. Yes, IRL in the flesh in Salt Lake City. I had the time of my life with him. It was wonderful. It was a blast. We went on a hike in Big Cottonwood Canyon. We did some shopping, thrift shopping. We went to the mall. And then do you want to tell about the gym time we had? Yes, you guys are listening to Two Meatheads, and we love a good lifting session at the gym. And Hannah belongs to a really, really, really cool gym that pretty much made me jealous of her the entire time I was visiting. It was so cool. She's very lucky. It's got just everything you could think of. Except the Jacob's Ladder. Yes, except Jacob's Ladder, which I don't know if any of you do or have done Jacob's Ladder, but I am obsessed with Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, but it's got everything. It's perfect for Hannah, and I loved I loved going while I was there. Very fun. And then I got a piercing while she was here, which was not very painful at all, and it still doesn't really hurt at all either. Great, yeah. Which is your, nice. Your ears are fresh. They're looking cute. Thanks. And what else do we do? We walked in the round park. Lots of pretty parks. Yeah. And got some coffee. Went to Whole Foods. You loved Whole Foods. Yes. Have you guys been to Whole Foods? I used to think of it as Whole Paycheck, which it still may be. But maybe since Amazon's taken over, there's some other options there. But dang, was it cool. Mm-hmm. We got the best kale we've ever eaten at Whole Foods. <laughs> We're crazy on vacation. (laughs) Kale. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you, Hannah. That was fun. Yeah. How are you? Doing great. I'm excited for our podcast. I'm excited for Thanksgiving next week. I can't believe it. I'm headed to good old Charleston. How about you, Hannah? I am actually going to Idaho with a friend and her family. So from my understanding, there'll probably be close to 20 people with only two of them out of those that I pretty much know. So it should be a fun time, a big family Thanksgiving in Idaho, but I'm really excited to have been invited. And and I haven't spent much time in Idaho other than driving through. So it should be really pretty. Really cool. Well, please take pictures. I will for sure. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into it being the season of gratitude and happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners, our customers, our partners, everything and everyone in between. We are so grateful for your existence and we couldn't do our jobs without you. So especially thankful for all of you this season. Hannah, I'm very thankful for you to miss Oh, I'm thankful for you. We've known each other like two and a half years now. How fun. Yeah, the most fun. So sweet. But we've got a jam-packed podcast today. Hannah, uh, we are working on a storyboard for our own company. I think that's what it's called, correct? Story brand. Story brand, excuse me. 
Mm-hmm. Story brand for our own company. I've not been in the meetings for that, but Hannah is bringing to us a topic that is included in those meetings with other members of our team. And it's all about what elements to include on your homepage. And I wanted to start us out with the old English idiom that don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, sure you guys have heard of that phrase and it means basically you should not judge the worth or value of something by its outward appearance alone. And I really thought this idiom can be related to a website and a homepage. In the case of the website, the homepage is considered your business's cover. That is what folks are going to be seeing for the first time. And it's really important that you represent yourself as you would, you know, your own character. If somebody were to look at you, you would want them to be able to get a glimpse of you when they look at you. But in the case of the website, what I think is so interesting is while websites can probably look nice, sophisticated or sleek, you know, that's the cover that we're judging. It doesn't necessarily mean that it works for the business. And we don't often tout or talk about what we do for our clients, but something I find really valuable in this conversation is how we use usability studies to see what should indeed be on our clients' homepages. And what we have found is customers aren't really included in the design process for websites and website homepages specifically. So we decided that it's very important that we interview customers or potential customers to see how our clients' websites work for them. So that's what we offer. And you can visit our website, uprightcommunications.com forward slash usability dash studies. And you can see how we've helped a company increase their revenues by 276% just by bringing in their customers into their website design process. If you don't have time for that right now or the resources, that's why our podcast is here because we're going to give you a bit of a glimpse into what you should be including based on the story brand idea that we're focused on and also usability studies that we've done with our own customers for their businesses. So Hannah, have I been rambling? Still get what I'm saying? Uh Uh-huh. Always. Uh, Cool. You're too good to me. You want to start out with our two exciting topics for what should be included on your website's homepage. Yes. So the first one we wanted to point out is to try and identify your customer's problem and how you specifically can solve that. And the area that we usually recommend putting for solution to their problem is before the fold of the homepage. So that's what attracts them first. So if you're able to find out your customer's problem and then create a solution and how you can solve it, that can bring them in initially. And then that is more of a convincing way to convince them to fill out a form or to seek a solution rather than just listing out what products you have or what services you have. How can you solve their biggest problem with the products and services that you may have. And to identify the problem, there are multiple ways you can seek out finding out the main problem, but 
the easiest way would be to ask them directly if possible. If you have more client-facing meetings with your customers, maybe ask them what problems are you hoping to get solved? And as you continue those relationships with those customers and the longer you're in business, the more familiar you'll be with what your customers' problems are in general, and then able to frame your solution around that problem. And then usability could also be a good way that Fran mentioned earlier to get a specific meeting to be able to chat about and interject with that as you're working on the layout or whatever you're hoping to accomplish. Yeah, with the usability study. And you could even do a survey if you want to, if you have a client list and they're pretty responsive, you can always send out and ask for it in that way. But I think the longer you are in business, the more familiar you'll be with your customers' problems as you work with more and more clients or repeat customers or whatever it may be. But identifying the problem and offering solution close to the top of the homepage is key. And the next point we want to bring up is be clear about who your business is targeting and create a brand persona. If you're having difficulty finding your target market or that niche that you're looking to offer your products or services to. And a good exercise for you if you're having trouble creating this persona is to mock it out. So think about the existing customers that you have, but whoever your persona is, think of an age range, maybe the demographics, like their job titles, what kind of family status they have, maybe the location they're in, and flesh out different goals that you see this persona having and then any frustrations that they may have that you're able to address and then create a little bio about them just something short and sweet and an exercise in university that I had was we even gave these people names so it was kind of fun because we do it around whatever the product or the brand was and then just kind of add it to the name But I can't even think of a proper example, but just an adjective and a general name that matches that adjective can spice up the brand for you if you want something a little more interesting. And this can help you figure out what their motivation is and then list any brands or different influencers that they may be interested in just to kind of see how you can align your brand with the brands that they're already interested in. And another thing is to figure out the preferred social media platforms that you may be able to reach out to them, whether they're more active on YouTube Mm -hmm. or Instagram, or maybe they do prefer LinkedIn over other socials, but be mindful of where you can be heard by them and try and be present where those places are. Cool, Hannah. Thanks. Our third is proof of results. And Hannah had highlighted the importance of including proof of results, mainly through ways of case studies. So we are redoing our website's homepage and front and center on it is a kind of a case study, I guess, from one of our happy clients about what has happened with his business since working with Upright. And we want to make sure that folks can see the results. So case studies are pretty much a marketing staple. And 
businesses use them to show how maybe their products or services have been implemented by real life customers. And so instead of simply talking about the product, case studies allow businesses to show how their product can be used and successfully used. And that speaks volumes when a potential client or potential customer is coming to your site and they see this glowing success of a company similar to them, they're going to be more apt to use your business. So that's really important to use on your guys' homepages. And we recommend Canva as a design option. They have some really good tools to help you create these case study booklets to make them look nice and professional. There is also the company Flipbook. It's a neat digital magazine and it puts your designs like Canva into a digital magazine and it has that cool magazine sound and it's interactive. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool service flipbook. Yeah. You can utilize that with a case study. Also, when you have a case study on your website, you can take folks to the landing page of the case study, have them fill out a form, and then you can gather their information and contact them later. So it could even be used as a sales funnel tool. Mm -hmm. And something else, if you don't want to like create a separate page for case studies, you may have limited production assistance with that you can always integrate them into your blog section because I feel like it's more common to have a blog section over a general resources page so that's also a consideration to make if you're limited in resources yeah great point miss then similar to that solid trust elements need to be on this homepage. so we're talking testimonials reviews all the happy stuff that customers say about your business there's a couple of things I noted. The American Association of Advertising Agencies Studies, which how many A's can you have in one name? It shows that 96% of customers believe that advertisers and marketers do not practice their work with integrity. So that means a whopping 4% are going to trust your word as a business. So what do the 96% of people trust? They trust other customers. They want reviews. They're reading those reviews. So in the same vein, according to the Spiegel Research Center, displaying reviews on a website leads to a stunning 350% boost in conversion. That's crazy. Another stat from the same quadruple A studies organization said that 92% of customers consult reviews before making a purchase decision. So not only are they extremely trusting, but they rely on them first and foremost. Reviews are to me the end all be all, and you can integrate them in various ways. You can put a Google widget to bring in Google My Business oops, Google (laughs) business profile. Thank you, Hannah. It's a name. Yeah. I've been swapping it all out on our different docs and Asana tasks as I've reached them. Yeah. Similar to Sterling Sky, we're going to accept that we're going to slip up and say, Google my business for a little while and do our best. Yeah. But Hannah is a champion at that. So thank you, Hannah. (laughs) You're welcome. So yeah, you can stick that widget on your website. You can include them in a tab system. We have for like our dental client, it's awesome. There's four tabs at the top and they're categorized into 
stress-free dental experience. And then all of the reviews are stress-free dental experience. Then you have about the doctors and all of them reference Dr. Michelle, Dr. Scott. So there are really creative ways that you can integrate your reviews. You can have them sliding across your homepage, all hundreds of different reviews every time somebody visits. Also reviews can help your website rank higher in Google search. So you're basically including words on your website that say amazing things about your business. So if someone searches best tire repair shop, you may have that as a review quote, and that would help you get found for best tire shop in your area, repair shop in your area. So there are lots of value added benefits to including reviews on your website and your homepage. Hannah, how about those calls to actions? Yes, for call to actions, we recommend putting a call to action at least in the navigation and the footer. We also recommend putting it in the middle of the homepage as well so that people, while they're scrolling down, have that reminder that they can fill out a form or they can add an item to cart. We just added a featured sales product on one of our client sites and there's a clickable button that leads to the product page to add to cart. So just any ways that you can add a call to action would be awesome, but I don't think you need to do it on every panel. I think that can get a little excessive if you might have four panels on your homepage and they all have the same link to contact us. That is not ideal for the user experience, but I think at least three or four on the homepage is typically a pretty good number to try and reach so that it is simple and easy if they do want to fill out a form or add to cart. And then another thing that you can add to your homepage is a way to capture potential leads with a email collecting form. So if you have an email marketing campaign that you actively participate in, either sending out weekly or monthly newsletters or blog post announcements or just general company announcements, a good place to have this form is on the homepage as well. We'd probably put it closer to the bottom of the homepage, but it is nice to have it there in case someone does want to sign up and get more information about your company. It's easily accessible. And then another item that you can include on your homepage is proof of authority, which can be in the form of certification or awards that your company may have. This is a good area to brag about those. I think that coincides with like adding a trust element. You're certified in XYZ and that's why you're qualified to solve their problem. Fran mentioned earlier that we're redoing our own company homepage and we've added our own certifications close to the footer of our homepage. So we have certifications like Google Partner, Best in Search, Bright Local Partner, and then we also have WP Engine Agency Partner. So those are just different certifications or partnerships that we have with other companies that tout that we know what we're doing and we're qualified to help you. Yeah, Hannah. And in that same proof of authority, as you were scrolling on our new website, I also noted that we highlight companies we work with, which are some really good small and large organizations that have really good trusted 
names and all of that. So I think that adding companies you partner with and their logos shows a lot of authority because we obviously want to highlight that we work with these guys, because if we can do that, we can help with anybody. We do a great job. So I think you can include partner logos in the proof of authority section too. Yeah. Great point. Cool. Well, while I'm still chatting my tail off, I'll finish her out and talk about links to socials. This is pretty standard. You can have your links to your social networks in the header or footer of your homepage. We have clients who do both. Basically, you want to have your main logos on your homepage and your footer. And you can also sprinkle about sharing links, sharing buttons, to every piece of content that you create on your website. So when you post a blog, you can share your, you can have the blog widget tool thingy for your socials. That wasn't a very good sentence. So what <laughs> no, yeah. I said thing earlier too. And I'm like, you understand what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, everybody gets it. But for the homepage, you're basically just putting those simple circular or square buttons that link to your, your main socials. And if you're linking to them, we recommend opening them in a new tab. That is a best practice. You don't want folks leaving your website completely to get over to Facebook. You definitely want to have a new tab open and have folks keep your website open. So that is something I often notice on websites, even, I don't know, even someone as big as coca-cola.com I've noticed sometimes doesn't have a new tab open. I forget who it was, but pretty regularly I see that it doesn't open in a new tab. So make sure you guys are doing that and including the socials that you do maintain and upkeep. If you don't do Twitter regularly and you're not maintaining it, we would suggest you not include that logo on your homepage. It's a great representation of who you are. And if folks are seeing that you're not maintaining that, what else are you not maintaining? So that's that. And that finishes this pod of cast out. Hannah, did you have any additional items to add? Well, I wanted to mention when you were talking about the opening into another tab, I've been learning some production stuff for the production team just because I think it's fascinating coding and everything, and I'd like to learn more about it. But a good rule of thumb, if you are able to and knowledgeable enough with HTML, is anything that that's not on your site, so redirecting to another site, like Fran was mentioning with the socials, just add a piece of code into those links, and it's target equals underscore blank is the main HTML code if your site is an HTML and that you should be using for anything redirecting off your site just to make sure that your site is still on while maybe they're opening another tab about another resource that you're giving or another resource that you might have. So that's something to keep in mind. Anything on your site, don't worry about adding that in since that user is still on your site. And then also, I was thinking that we have our podcast link in our footer. So if your company has a podcast, be sure to add that in there too. Even if it might be something on the side like ours is for fun, that's still like a good place for people to learn more about your company or whatever topics that you're discussing. And it's really great way to just inject it in there when you can. Cutie, bringing new ideas to the table. Love it. Yep, that's it. Or as Fran says in our meeting, 
I'm on mute now <laughs> or something. I'll go on mute. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a safe space for me, mute. But yeah, so, well, this is super cool. We hope to have more topics like this as we explore our own story with Upright as we evolve and grow in amazing ways. So Hannah, thank you as always for providing us with a valuable topic, an outline, talking points, and then the final shebang when this comes out, she's our tech editor-in-chief gal. So she Mm -hmm. always gets these podcasts in really nice format. So thank you for all that you do. Yeah, no problem. Full circle work. It's kind of fun though, like seeing. So I have a mega scheduler that I just input topics in when I think about them. And then seeing the process of fleshing out the outline and then actually recording and then reviewing the footage and then posting live. It's really fun to see it all come about. So I feel like that's not always common. You're either one part of the process and then you don't see it until it's finished. So it's really gratifying seeing everything. That's really cool. Glad you feel that way because you're you're awesome and valued. Oh, thanks. You are too. Thanks, Boo. And you guys have a happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Hannah, you enjoy Idaho. I will certainly enjoy Charleston. Yes. Have the most fun. Have a big time. Thanks. I will. And you too. And guys, we'll catch you on the flip. Catch you soon. Yes. See you. Bye.